We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a true faith podcast, as, as Dodsey would say, but we're without him tonight. Uh, I was about to say first one of the season, but yeah. probably not, because Dodsey, I'm sure Dodsey's been doing them all somewhere. No, it's, it's been a while, this is the first one. Um, first one for us, anyway. It's, it's me, Cy Campbell, I've got Mickey in the car, I've got Ben in the car, um, we've just been to a talk in with Rafa Benitez. A stream, a live stream. A live stream, <laughs> we'll get to that, uh, at Nine Bar, put on by the club, £15 a ticket, okay. £20 on the door. Um... Right, we'll, we'll quickly discuss the, the setup for the night because we were all disappointed when we got there. It was rammed. The, the setup downstairs, we thought, oh, we're not even going to get to see him. And that was the case. We had to go upstairs and get a, a lovely seat, but the we, basically, to, we watched the, it on a telly. They basically put Rafa in a corner and then nobody could see him. Yeah, about 10% of the crowd probably actually got to see Rafa. So that in, said, in, in hindsight, like what they were really expect, like with no shearers, isn't like it's a lot of closed off spaces, it's a small little bar. Like, if we'd have thought about it, how many people would have been wanting to go to that? I'm not surprised, but so at say, the same time, to say it's we're still disappointed yeah. to pay 50 to, quid To that. say we weren't disappointed would be lying. We were sitting there, a bit gutted. We're all, we've all been a graft today. We turned up. The only place we could get a seat was in a different room to Rafa. <laughs> we, sat down, we sat down. We had our £5 peregrine wedges. Very nice. <laughs> but that said, by the time... Five minutes after Rafa had started talking, I felt like I'd got volley for money. Yeah. So even watching, even watching the bloke on the telly, Spot on. Hear, hearing him speak, was just fucking epic, wasn't it? He's, he speaks so well. He speaks so well, and you know what? We've all we've all been a bit worried this this summer about whether Rafa's going to stay or go. And you know what? He didn't even put all those, all that kind of stuff to rest. But I to, think he did. Hearing him speak. He, Kind of, he kind of confirmed he to it. Well, well, we'll go through it all. He confirmed some of the some of the stuff we've been worried about. He also yeah, he did. He, he, I think he did without being black and white yeah. about it. He also reassured us that you know what, no matter what, I'm here and I'm going to try my best as long as as long as it feels right, which is which is kind of what we needed here as a fan base. Yeah. Um, Second. So idea. so I mean, I mean, the, the, with the, there's no there's no no point in, in, in this one. Being about the bush. Yeah. The, the underwriting, underwriting theme of the night was, of course, as it has been all of the last 12 months, get behind the team. It's so important, and he, and he alluded to it, and he's saying, look, you know what, the, the transfer win hasn't gone brilliantly so far, but we're trying to get some stuff done. But no matter how we start the season, the most important thing is that we're all together, that the, the, the club, the players, the fans, the fans especially. I mean, just kept going on about it. He's been doing it. He every- said it with every every question. He said <laughs> yeah. he, he, made, he managed to turn around and saying, like, everyone needs to support the team. Probably, I like. I, I wonder if I like, left you. Um, 
I wonder if he is plugged in to like to to the ludicrous reactions we get on Twitter. Of course um, he is. Of course he is. It, it came up. It came up in one of his questions. He said social media has changed football massively. Players see it. Players are in a rocket. He, he told us stories about about how players, if they're not picked in the team, will go and sit in the toilet and and, and get on social media and 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 either like tell one of their mates to to put the team out or they'll go and read like and, and you kind of cause unrest like social media plays a massive part in football and Rafa's aware of that yeah. I've no doubt that he, he will go and have a look and, and see what people are saying he, he is absolutely right though left um, it's like it, for it to be coming from Rafa time and time again tonight obviously like he's, he's utterly drilled at home tonight yeah. but he's said this loads and loads of times before for him to still have to be saying have to have, like so having to having to say like basically stop being cunts during the match, it's quite sad. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't quite as strongly worded as that, but that it was basically the, is, that it's was a the message, though, isn't it? Raf, it is Rafa, Rafa hasn't agreed to, to go and spend a night at a cheers bar with a load of pissed Geordies unless he wanted to get a message across, and that's exactly it. Yeah, that it's, was the message, wasn't it? That's, that's the reason stop, he's had that night. Stop yeah. getting stop getting angry at matches. Stop getting frustrated. You know, you, you, it's the same message. Like. We've signed some players so far, yeah, they're not exactly like everyone's first choices, but they want to play for the team, they want to try their best. And even when they're trying their best, if they make mistakes, the last thing they need is the crowd to start going, oh, what the fuck's he done now? He's made a mistake, what the fuck? Don't, like, back when me and Dodd saw him in December, he said, don't kill the players. Like, even if they're playing badly, don't kill them. If we lose them now, we've lost them for the whole season. So, in his message, and he kept coming back to it, was if you want to criticise, Criticise at the end of the season. If you want to criticise my signings, wait till the end of the season and then tell me how we've done. Don't do it at the matches. Don't do it during the season yeah. because you know, it's going to affect funny. the players. Raf, like Rafa kept saying, if people want to criticise me, and that was the whole. Every time he said it, he said loads of loads of things along those lines. Every time he said it, I was just like, nobody criticises Rafa. People do. People do on Twitter. You know, you, you do get some people who think think they know best. You, you barely get, any. You get like, all those people who. Any. You get those people who every week give out. Oh well, I would have picked this team. This is my team. You've well, I definitely would have had Mitro. Yeah. Four four two, Rafa. You've got you've got the Mitrovic fan club. You've got all that. But yeah, um, it was it was it was that it was plain to see. He thinks, and he wasn't having a go at the fans. You know, he, he was he's quite adamant that most of the time it's brilliant, but. <clears throat> They need that this season, especially because we've lost a bit of ground on other clubs. And he kept talking about these days, you know, the likes of Bournemouth, the likes of West Ham. We're behind them. We're behind them financially. We're behind them in stature. So the fans are going to make all the difference. And, and he's right. Um, yeah. He went on to transfers. And he he, he kind of let on quite a lot. We thought he might not really More talk about it, but he kind of gave us a really good picture of, of, of the state of play. What the issues have been. The, the state of play is that he, he said he had targets lined up as early as March. He had his their prime targets, and he basically said, "I think he said January, January." Well, no, he said after he jo- January. He joked about yeah, January. He, joked, he, he said, said uh, "He said after <laughs> yeah. saying how unhappy he was in January." And to be fair to him, he made it into a joke. He looked, he looked like he'd kind of come to terms with it. Yeah, yeah January we had we had targets. It didn't happen. And said he, said, he said he said specifically that he that they had four players that wanted to sign yeah. in January. That's, it's it it's, it's, it's cataclysmic that we've got none of them. Yeah, um, and we nearly didn't. You know, we, we cut it fine for a while. Anyway. His, his pattern was we, we had our targets lined up we had a, he, he kept talking about these are the players we want after that you go for the players you need and so the players they want their first target first targets in, in all positions it sounds like we've missed them it sounds like and he alluded to, to the likes of Tammy Abraham he said look we try to get Abraham and then it turns out Swansea are going to pay him like 100 grand a week you know he kept alluding to 
teams like Swansea, Bournemouth, West Ham are just paying wages that, that we can't afford. It was the Aki lad from... Uh, yeah. 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 25 million. 25 million. Said, which, is, said, which is mental money, by the way. He said, like, he, he rang them up, put his first inquiry in. Oh, yeah, we've already got a 25 mil offer from Bournemouth. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, like he said, this is the market we're in now. So he understands it's going to be difficult. Yeah. We, you know, haven't, we haven't acted soon enough on some of them and we've, we've missed all of our first targets. He says, right, okay, now it's more difficult. Now we have to go for players we need. So if we've got a position we need filling, we have to get the best player we can find. So he, talked, know, he talked about Jacob Murphy. So he talked about... We're light on wingers. We've got Atsu, but we're light on wingers. We need a player who can run fast, who can deliver the ball. And he said, if you can't get your first targets, you've got to get players who want to play for the team. And he said, you know, Jacob Murphy, he's a Newcastle lad. He, he supports Newcastle. He wants to play for Newcastle. That's the kind of player he wants to sign. And he talked us through the whole idea. Like, he, he gets... He, he, he talked about this last season. He talked about all the players he signed. Isaac Hayden. He had a conversation with them. He spoke to them. He wanted to, to get to know them as a person. He says he's done the same thing. Any player he speaks to, if they don't sound like they're up for it, if they don't buy into what he's saying, he's not interested, he won't, he won't buy them. So it's encouraging that the players we've bought so far must have, must have passed that test, they must have passed the, uh, the Rafa Benitez. <laughs> this is the kind of character we need, and yeah. you know what, 90% of them have been brilliant so far, so I'll give them that. You know what, what, what I thought was interesting, um, having, like, having spent a bit of time on Twitter this week and um, looked at all the the Northeast journalist accounts um, and, and looked at what they've been saying over the past couple of weeks they've all said in a roundabout way that the big deals are coming and Rafa just put that to bed and said it's not happening he, he, he said I can't remember his exact word in the roundabout but he said like people are expecting us to go out and spend 25, 25 million, million pounds on a striker and he's just like no chance we haven't got it uh, um Mainly because of the, the whole package around it as well. Yeah, and, and that's what he, uh, he, yeah. he did. He did well in the commission, all the rest of it. Like, yeah, a twenty-five million pound signing isn't twenty-five million. It's like forty million. Like it's just it's not feasible because yeah. that would be most of our budget on one player. Like we're not in that position right now. And, and you know, again, he's adamant that so it's got to be the right player. It's, if we can't get the best player for the, each position, it's got to be the right player. You know and what? You know, if, it was like the sad thing is if, if like for for sensible people. If this had been the patter at the start of the window, if we'd known this kind of information, no one, no one would be upset. No one would would be disappointed because no, like nobody realistically, like deep down, thinks we should be going out and spending thirty million pounds on a striker because we know financially we haven't got it. We've just come up from the championship. But now, the the, the local journals and there's a couple of them that I that I miss out from this because they're quite canny lads, but most of them are absolutely full of shit and have, and have stirred the pot at every possible at every possible point and uh, the, the typical stories for, from the Chronicle are like look who Rafa's just just expressed an interest in today click on the article then then you have to answer a survey and then if you scroll <laughs> down three paragraphs you might look you might get a name that they've completely made up it's uh, all a load of bollocks and, uh, and Rafa Rafa just absolutely like with in one sentence cut it all the way today and said we can't afford it but it's not happening it's one of those things that he says it's, it's about sort of suspense sustaining the position will have to be in the Premier League next year and then because we've lost ground on the likes of you've mentioned Bournemouth Swansea you mentioned a few teams and it's it's right the money's that ridiculous now um, that you can't like we are like hundreds of millions of pounds behind teams that a couple of years ago would have laughed at you if you'd have said oh they'll they'll be a bit of financial fight like sort of um, 
powerhouse compared to Newcastle. I mean, Bournemouth for fuck's sake. Yeah. And and yet they've got 25 million to spend on players. And the Bournemouth bought that guy, Nathan Aguirre. Yeah. That said, and I was Nobody glad. Couldn't get. I was glad to hear it. He, he did. He brought up Leicester as an example. He said, look, no matter what happens, you know, teams can spend 40 million on players. No matter what happens, if everyone's together, anything is possible. You know, if mm. things go right, if everything goes right, and and he keeps going banging on about it. The players, the players do everything right. He does everything right. And he said, you know what? I'll make mistakes, but if everyone does their jobs, it, it should come good. But he said. Everyone has to play their part, and the fans can be a huge part of that. And if everyone's doing what they can, and everyone's together, and he, and he said Newcastle could finish 16th, Newcastle could finish fourth. You know, he said they could finish 16th this season, then 10th, and then and then on and on. But if everyone sticks together, we'll improve. We'll improve every week. So, and and he said at the very start, I want to be here a long time. I really want to. So, if we finish 15th. And then we build on that, and then we finish tenth, and then we build on that. That's that's all Rafa kind of wants, as long as we're we're aiming to to get better each season. And that was really encouraging. I feel I feel so good after the summer we've had, after listening to the man speak, because he seems like he's buzzing for the season. He seems like he's ready, and he seems he's, like he's he's got a plan in place. He, yeah. Obviously, you get the idea. He's meticulous in everything he does. Like he's planned for everything. So he's talking about obviously missing out on players that he missed out on and obviously he, was, he sounded pretty annoyed about that and um, I think he said there was many as four four targets I think you mentioned before that we missed out on that were like imperative but he's, he's, he said right we go to plan B or plan C or whatever it is and he knows he knows at least what we need to, to at least be competitive which is massive yeah, and yeah, I thought what uh, what was interesting. Um, obviously, he said um, explicitly that he was unhappy in January. I made a joke out of it, um, and 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 sort of suggested that he was past it. And then um, the the compare McLeod said, um, "Are you happy now?" And he said, "Happier." But at no point did it uh, when he was talking about the deals and the transfers and the targets for this summer. At no point did he. Did he blame the club or blame the higher ups? Which obviously there is blame there, but I, I, I don't know. Obviously, he, I, I doubt he would come out and explicitly say that fucking Lee Charlie's not done it in this summer and he's, he's he's fucked us on this one and that one. <laughs> but I, I I genuinely kind of didn't get the impression that he was that critical about the club and it, it was more Be, more the he, system because he and gets the, the, exactly, the market. He, he gets, and I mean, I'm going to say you've you've had Daniel Levy coming out this week from Spurs. Who got 85 million from one player a couple of years ago? They've been spending money all over the shop, and Spurs are saying that they kind of <laughs> they can't do any deals in this market. So what have Newcastle got that have had a season in the Championship? What chance have we got? Of getting he was back to he, he did this last season. He was back to managing expectations, and we, we used to bemoan the likes of Pardew and McLaren managing expectations as if as if as if we've got unreasonable expectations. We don't have unreasonable expectations, but Rafa was quick to point out. Look, you know what? We're a team that's just been promoted. You've got to remember that. All these teams have just been paid a hundred million. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. And I think he didn't. He, yeah, you're right. He didn't directly criticise the club. He kind of said that you know what, some of these deals maybe we could have sorted something, and we we haven't managed to do it. But he was very quick to point out that this market is is near enough impossible, and we have to do everything we can to get the best out of it. And he kept saying, "We're past now. We're past the players we want." Now we just need to get what we need, and he he said we probably need a couple more. Yeah, he's he said we need about a table. Yeah, he he, he was talking. About, <laughs> he's like, if you've got a table, it needs four legs, and you know what? If there's a leg missing, you've got to replace that leg. That was his analogy. 
Well, he, he was like, it, it doesn't matter what the leg is. <laughs> He's like, a broken leg is better than no leg. So <laughs> make of that what you will. But it, it felt like it made perfect sense coming out of Rafa's mouth. And it was just kind of, <laughs> he was alluding to, I mean, I think he was kind of saying, yeah, none of these signings are the ones that were, were first on everyone's mind. They weren't what people were expecting. Because I'll, I'll be honest, three out of four of them were not heard of. But they're the right fit. You know, we needed we needed that fourth leg. So he's had to get something. He's had the well, be- that's the best Newcastle can get right now as in, as the club we are. I mean that that's the thing. You look you look at who we've, I mean just analyze quickly the players we've got. We've got two left wingers that were crying out we need a left wing all season. We've lost Gufran as well, who obviously wasn't you wouldn't have imagined was going to play a big part. But in in Murphy and Atsu, we've now got left wingers that will will be able to do something. Um, this lad that's just come in from from Dortmund, he's a midfielder that will will provide competition. Probably for Hayden, realistically. But how many times does Hayden go down injured in a game? Every game. Every game. Every single game. And it's to that type of worry that he's he's just one knock away from relying on callback as your your one like starting centre mid, which a lot of people would say isn't good enough. So it's it's about just getting that depth really, and I think that's what he was talking about with the analogy was we, we need more bodies in there that that are capable. Um, it might mean that we, we rely a bit more on some of the youth players for some games, um, but at the end of the day, as long as we've got we've got the depth there, then I think we'll feel right. It remains to be seen. Basically, yeah, you were saying there's probably got to be a couple more signings, but don't expect any big, you know, landmark twenty five million strikers because we just haven't got we haven't got the money for that. And he was, he was quite honest about it. He also said we do need to move players on, which we've all been kind of de- debating. Maybe yeah. that's been an issue getting some players to move. He's like, yeah, you know what? There's players who on good wages and moving them on is difficult and he kind of said well he did say it's not their fault if they're getting paid 50 grand a week because they were a Premier League club two years yeah. ago you know if we've got and he didn't he didn't say the names but I'm, I'm guessing he, the likes of Henry Saive he's fault. come in on like 45, 50 grand it's not his fault that he's not fit the bill and he's got that money so if we've got him now and nobody wants to pay him that that's that's our burden to bear and he understands that and he's kind of like it's much harder than you think to to move on players like that because who's going to pay Henry Saive 50 grand a week it's it, you know he understands it he understands, that. He Marseille, understands everything surely Marseille will do it so so yeah I think I think you're right Mickey I think a lot of the, the stuff that's been put out and I know, I'm sure Rafa's is frustrated and some of the stories are true but I think it's he understands exactly what's going on and it's yeah. not it's not as cut and dry as it's all going terribly and, and Rafa's really frustrated and he's about to leave it's more like he is frustrated there's some difficulties and it's about kind of it's not going as well as it could have done and we've got to expect that this season's going to be tough now and it, it might be tough but he still seemed confident that if everyone pulls together and the team are supported and the players and the coaches and everyone does their job and the fans we can have a successful season and I I'm mean, excited he, he said at the start as well he said the biggest thing that he talked about sort of being happy and staying here and he, he openly said he, he had the opportunity to potentially stay or go and he said when he weighed it up it was the fact that it was England the Premier League close to his family but also the, the, the t- like the, the fans the support that we get and that's he, he kept going on about he made, he made a joke about I could have gone to China yeah. and everyone laughed and he went no no I'm serious I got a really got massive really, offer really from up. China which isn't so, a surprise know, I'm okay but, but, I'm okay hearing that because it, it reassures me that actually he wants to be here exactly. he doesn't want that he doesn't want to go and work in China no, <clears> he wants to fucking be here and make a success of this exactly and that's the point that, and, and he gets he gets what we're after but it's, it's going to take time and he always goes on about having time 
but it, he's someone that I think deserves that time. We, we, he's the best in the top of this club in a long time, yeah. and we, we just need to ride ride it and sort of just just stick with him. And fair, yeah. play, fair play to Mick Lowe's and his really really echoey microphone. <laughs> he said yeah. the same thing. He's like, he, he didn't understate Rafa's influence here. He compared him to Robson and Keegan, but kind of said that since Keegan, this is the first time we've kind of felt the same, and there's there's definitely like an air of positivity. There's so much to be excited about, and regardless of what's going on in the, the transfer window, like I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Was, We're about to start a Premier League season with Rafa Benitez as manager. I was going to finish with a fundamental question, Si, and it was based on what me and you said when we when we first got there tonight. Um, that we weren't as excited for the season as as we were <laughs> at the end of last season. Um, having like listened, it's almost like he knew. Have, having having spent a night listening to Rafa now on a stream upstairs in in Nine Bar, which you paid fifteen quid for. <laughs> thanks, thanks very much, Newcastle United. Um, good burgers. How how like how is how is your optimism level now? It's jumped. It has jumped. I mean, yeah, there was a bit of a there was there was expectations managed because I think at the end of last season we talked about you know win winning the league and getting in the Champions League and that. Yeah, still might Pro- win the league. Probably probably less likely now, but. I still feel like we're gonna have a really good season, and I think he's he's managed to. He get, mentioned Leicester, not us. He's managed to get across that yeah, it's not going to be as 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 brilliant as we thought because he was expecting maybe maybe a few more signs. But yeah, he's made me think that we could beat Tottenham, we could then beat Huddersfield, and then you know all of a sudden, oh yeah, six points. What top, what what next? Top of the league. You know, like yeah. if we start the season well, and and he he kept talking. He, he mentioned Leicester a few times. He's like, if things go well. And then they keep going well. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And if you've got a manager that believes that we, that, that can happen, it really can. It's not like, Mac, it's not like McLaren where you thought, well. he doesn't really believe this. McLaren's just like hanging on to his job. <laughs> when Rafa says, we can win any game, we can get three points in any game if we put our minds to it, you believe him and you think, you know what, he will try his best and he will get his players to try the best. And no matter what, squad starts the first game of the season and it won't be as good as Tottenham's squad. It, it can't be. But... I still think they'll have a chance to win that game, and every game after that, they'll be the same. Yeah. And and I haven't felt like that for twenty years. Like, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Ben, sum it up, uh, in a couple of sentences. How do you feel following tonight? Um, similar to Si, I'm I'm glad to hear from the horse's mouth. I would say as well. <laughs> There's been a lot of things in the media, and, and you alluded to it. Journo's just taking pot shots really at stories. They, they don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Uh, there's been quite a bit of negativity as well, um, whereas tonight was, I, I guess I was right in terms of managing expectation, but also that, like, he, <laughs> we've got fucking Rafa Benitez, we, we could have four legs out there for fuck's sake, um, we'll still probably pick up points, so um, I'm really like, it, this, this was like the first proper sort of taste of football as well, like, with pre-season's just shy, just watching the games, following the I mean, I'm following the games, but... It, it doesn't didn't really sort of bring home that it's Ra- nearly here. It's Rafa said it himself. We finished in May. That was a exactly. long, long time ago. I'm I'm ready for football, and that was a nice little taster. Do you reckon, bearing in mind the impact it's had on us and the probable impact it's going to have on everyone, everyone that was there, and then the the impact that that's going to have on on social media fans. Do you reckon Rafa asked to do it, or the club asked Rafa to do it? Because what he said, I for me, what he said that. tonight, I reckon that was a, I want to go and speak to the fans. I think it was a, obviously the, the 125 thing, I think they had to kick it off with Rafa. 
But at the same time, Rafa wouldn't have like, done Rafa wouldn't have done that if he didn't think there was a purpose to it, and exactly. he definitely thought saw a purpose there of kind of 100%. reassuring the fans, getting everyone on side. There's been a bit of a not not I wouldn't want to call it a summer of discontent, but there's been lots of stories out there. There's been a bit of, and as a fan base, we've been a bit impatient, a bit worried about the lack of signings and stuff. It started happening now, but he definitely saw an opportunity there to kind of get the fans in a room. And yeah, I think he totally believes it. You know, if you spread this message to 250 people or how many were there, and they go and tell their mates, and then they go and tell their mates, it's really important that that continues to happen. He's done the same thing when he's he's, he's called the podcast in, when he's, he's, he's spoken to, to journalists, when he's let Martin Hardy there. It's about spreading the message that no matter what you see, there's so much more. I mean, that, that was the underwriting message as well, isn't it? There's so much more to football than meets the eye, and what you read in the newspaper, it, it's never black and white. And when you think a team's underperformed, there's so many reasons why it might have happened. And he opens your eyes to everything else that's going on. And it, it's just, it's, it's so fascinating to listen to you. He's just a, what a, a night. Pl- a pleasure. Loads of stories as well. In some, inter- some really interesting stories and experiences. And it, I, you're completely right. It's just, it's I love him. I like, I love him. Yeah, I actually love that man. Well, hats off, Rafa. Uh, yeah. Thanks for getting us back excited for the season. <laughs> I know. He's done it. I'm buzzing. I can't <laughs> fucking wait for Tottenham. No, that's, that's been great. Um, normally, Dodgy would now announce the next 55 podcasts we've got lined up, but he's not here. He's in London watching cricket. Fair play. Um, but that's it from us, I think. Mickey, time to get out of the car. We're at your house. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure. Um, honestly, if... If Rafa does this sort of night again, I can't advertise it enough. Like, you need to go and listen to this man speak. If you're in any doubt as to what he's doing at Newcastle, go and listen to him speak for five minutes. You'll have your, you'll have your mind totally changed. Yeah, and you know, his enthusiasm was so obvious as well. Like, every question, Mick Lowe's would ask him a question, and 20 minutes later, he'd be talking about something completely different. And Mick Lowe's would be, would, was literally trying to, like, get back in, being like, well, 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 well what about... It was funny. He, he Rafa, loves Rafa, it, doesn't he? Up, Rafa would say to answer your question from about twenty minutes ago because yeah. he still knew what the question was. Like he just, he just knows everything. He knows everything. We're so lucky. We're so We're lucky, so lucky yeah. to have Rafa as manager. <laughs> Imagine having Simon Grayson lads. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on next year. Eh? Right. And on that, good night. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.